With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's going on, everybody? And welcome in to another edition of B-Shafe Daily. Brennan Schaefer alongside you here on Friday, August the 13th. Friday the 13th. It wasn't scary, though, to be a Cardinals fan today as the Redbirds continued their winning ways against inferior competition. And today they did it with the advantage of Jack Flaherty, their ace starting pitcher, back on the mound for St. Louis for the first time since May 31st. And Flaherty looked tremendous. He did not miss a beat despite missing two and a half months with the oblique injury. Jack Flaherty came out and pitched on Friday night in Kansas City just as effectively as he was pitching when he went down with that injury at the end of May. Really great for the Cardinals to get him back. They've definitely missed him. You think about the part of the season where the Cardinals really kind of went down the tubes. It was that month of June. You know, for the first six or eight weeks of the season, the Cardinals were in a pretty good position in the standings. They were winning baseball games. They were putting together the kinds of efforts that you expected of this team. They're getting their timely hits. They're getting good starting pitching. The bullpen, especially the back end, was carrying them to wins that they had earned in the first six, seven innings. Cardinals in June, it was a different story. And a lot of that started with the starting pitching just not holding up the same way. And you can trace a lot of that back to Jack Flaherty's absence from the group, considering how strong he had been before going on the injured list. It's not too much of a surprise, given the 8-1 and record, the ERA below 3.0, all of those elements that the 25-year-old Flaherty carried along with the mantle of the ace of the rotation before going down. Adam Wainwright, of course, picked up that mantle. He never really dropped it in his mind, and especially looking back at the way that he performed in 2020, Adam Wainwright is an ace in his own right. But Jack Flaherty was a developing ace, a budding ace ready to ascend to that throne, to that peak spot of the Cardinals rotation, and to show other teams around the league, hey, we've got a one-two punch, we've got strength and a really quality dynamic atop this rotation, and he was ascending. The ERA may be a little higher than some of the peak Cy Young contenders like Corbin Burns and some of his Brewers teammates. It really is ridiculous, the Milwaukee rotation this season with Burns, Freddie Peralta, Brandon Woodruff. That trio has been sensational. But Flaherty coming into this game tonight, so basically the same ERA he's held for the last two months, 2.09. And the strikeout numbers don't blow you away, 67 Ks in 62 innings. But that's not to say that Jack Flaherty couldn't have gone on a second-half run to really put himself into the Cy Young conversation. We've seen him do it before over the second half of the season back in 2019 when he was Bob Gibson-esque from the beginning of July onward. And so it's a shame we didn't get to see Flaherty really settle into the season 
the way I, I expect that he probably would have over the months of June and July. But we're going to get a chance to see him from August and into September. And if it was anything like what we saw on Friday night, the Cardinals are in for a treat. And another thing to go along with that, you should not just yet count them out of the postseason race because stranger things have happened. And with Jack Flaherty back, I have a feeling we might see a little bit of a turn for this Cardinals team, which is not to say that we haven't already seen things turn around a little bit this week, the way they've played against the Royals and the Pirates and now the Royals once again. But that was kind of to be expected based on the schedule. We talked about these two teams in particular, the Royals and the Pirates, the fact that the Cardinals would see them 16 combined times over the month of August, and as many wins as they could rack up over that stretch was going to be critical, especially with the stumbling out of the gates in the beginning of August that they had against the Atlanta Braves getting swept in that series. And so how did the Cardinals respond? They took two of three from KC back in St. Louis last week. They took it to the Pirates on the road this week with a three-game sweep, and they come back facing the Royals once again, this time on the road on Friday night. They get their ace back on the hill. They played like it meant something to them. 6-0, the Cardinals successfully dispose of the Royals. And don't look now, but the San Diego Padres a little bit sinking in the wild card standings to where, let's be clear, they're still atop that wild card two spot by a nice little margin couple of games over the Cincinnati Reds two and a half but the Cardinals though there are several teams in between the Reds and Cardinals at this point in time are just five and a half games behind San Diego and they will get a chance to see San Diego once more in the month of September and so when you're looking at the little discrepancies in the standings and recognizing that yes the Cardinals would love to be able to catch the Milwaukee Brewers. The division is always what you'd prefer, especially in this climate where a wild card game, one game can mean the end of your season. It's been the case ever since 2012. Last year, though, with the COVID season, they expanded playoffs. It's back down to the way it normally has been every season since 2012, where it's just a one-game wild card between wild card one and wild card two for this postseason, unless I've missed a memo. That's what we're looking at. And so right now you're looking at the Dodgers and and the Padres in those two spots, two powerhouses of the NL West, both trailing the San Francisco Giants who have had a really pleasantly surprising season out in San Fran. And so what that means is you're going to have a situation where two dynamite teams could be going at it in a wild card game and only one of those teams are going to reach the NLDS. Well, the Cardinals would like to be one of those teams though. And while we've spent a lot of time talking about the Brewers and where the Cardinals relate to them and the fact that St. Louis has 13 games remaining against Milwaukee, the reality is you're 10 and a half back in the division. And so while the destiny is there to be controlled, if the Cardinals would like to, I don't know, run off 10 out of 13 against the Brewers, you have a conversation about that. But it is within striking distance right now to be looking at the wildcard standings. I saw some conversation this evening about the Diamondbacks and what they were doing tonight. And I thought, well, that's interesting. Why are people talking about that? Well, it's because they're playing the Padres and people are starting to take notice that those wild card standings are getting a little bit more bunched together. And lo and behold, the Diamondbacks walk it off on San Diego 3-2 to on Friday night in order to facilitate the Cardinals picking up that extra game to get it to 5.5. There's a lot of baseball left to be played. 
Is it a little bit too early even to be looking at the wild card standings? Well, not for fans. Because fans, media, this is what we have to talk about. This On a daily basis, we want to be tracking how realistic is it for the Cardinals to make that push. And even when the Cardinals last week, you know, what, what have they done since then? Won six games out of their last seven. Now going back to two or three against the Royals, three against Pittsburgh, and then one starting off on the right foot on Friday night against KC at KC. That's six out of seven, and suddenly the Cardinals have pushed their record to a place it has not been since early June, three games above 500 at 59-56. and 56. Same record as the New York Mets. That's a team that obviously added at the trade deadline. Javi Baez was picked up by that team. You can look just a half game above the Cardinals and Mets at Philadelphia. They're 60-56, and 56, tied with Atlanta. Both those teams, Philadelphia and Atlanta, added at the deadline. And then a few games above that, the Cincinnati Reds. And so that's pretty much your list of potential contenders for these wild card spots in the National League because the team directly behind the St. Louis Cardinals in those standings, that's the Chicago Cubs. 14 games back in the wild card, well below 500, not at all in the picture anymore. And of course, any team below them is in a similar boat. And so a lot of bottom feeders in the National League, you know, five teams, six teams, it looks like, Arizona, Pittsburgh, Miami, Washington, Colorado Cubs, all those guys are done, all six of them. And, yeah, there's an opportunity for each of them to play spoiler over the final six weeks or so of the season, but I'm not very confident that some of those teams are going to have very much success trying to do that. As we've seen, Pittsburgh, there's not a lot going on there. Bereft of talent, they just don't have the ability to compete on that level. The Chicago Cubs have certainly shown that they do not have the talent to compete on that level with the way they have performed ever since trading away a uh, good portion of the talent on their roster at the All-Star break. Or, pardon me, the trade deadline. They already knew what they were doing at the All-Star break, though. They knew they were going to blow it up, even though the standings didn't necessarily dictate it. I mean, they were neck and neck with the Cardinals back when all that was going on, and they've since lost nine straight games, nine of their last ten, to fall out of the race very definitively. But you look at this group of teams right here. Are the Cardinals the only one among them that really didn't make much of a push over the uh, trade deadline to make anything happen? Sure. But then again, the two starters that the Cardinals did add, they're in their rotation now because of recent injuries to Wade LeBlanc and Quan Young Kim. And so it maybe those moves end up proving to be enough to keep their head above water. But we talked about it. With the Cardinals, they were at 500. They were a couple of games below. Then the next time you know it, they're a game above. They're back at 500. They just couldn't seem to escape. And right now, I think the Cardinals are poised to be able to break away from that spot in the standings and try to push their way a little bit more toward relevance. If they can continue to get good starts out of Jack Flaherty, you've got Adam Wainwright, and then you know this offense can start to believe in itself a little bit more as well. Because when they get good starting pitching, I believe it feeds into the way the bats perform as well. And you saw it happen on Friday. 6 nothing win over the Royals. Jack Flaherty gives up two hits in six innings. Five strikeouts doesn't walk a man. After two and a half months on the shelf with the oblique injury, he comes back and looks incredibly sharp. Now it is the Royals. You do have to have that caveat in there. But there are still some good hitters in that Kansas City lineup. And Jack Flaherty had no trouble with any of them, just the two base hits. 
only threw 81 pitches, probably could have thrown the seventh inning under some different circumstances, but being that it was his first game back from the injured list, I think the six innings was a fine decision. Cardinals had a three-run lead at that time. Maybe a little bit questionable based on how much you had to dig into your bullpen on Thursday afternoon with the Wade LeBlanc start. He only goes two innings and then has the elbow issue, and so you need the bullpen to cover the final seven. So were they a little bit behind the eight ball coming into tonight's game? Yes, perhaps, but they get T.J. McFarland through an inning plus, but then he gets into some trouble. I was surprised to see them bring McFarland out for the eighth. Mike Schild has shown a lot of trust in McFarland, the left-hander, who, you know, one of those guys that joins the Cardinals in the middle of the season, maybe they found a diamond out of all that rough. His ERA at 2.77 now after tonight's efforts. And he was bailed out, though, by Giovanni Gallegos, who came through in the clutch, got out of a bases-loaded situation in that eighth inning. Cardinals were able to hold on and then add on to their lead thereafter with another run in the ninth, a 6 nothing final for St. Louis. Great performance by Gio. He's a guy that Mike Schilt has ridden pretty hard this year. Some of the recent outings have been a little bit more tumultuous, but tonight they go to him in a situation where they absolutely needed him to convert, and he's able to get the job done, keep the game scoreless there after a bases-loaded jam develops in the eighth, and props to him. You know, with the way he has been asked to carry the load for that bullpen, he's the fireman, he's the eighth-inning guy, he was all of that wrapped into one tonight, and without his performance in that eighth inning, the game could have gone sideways a little bit there, but credit to the Cardinals offense for adding on Yadier Molina, Paul DeYoung, contributing in that eighth inning in order to give the Cardinals a little bit of a boost to their lead from three to five. It was three-nothing before that eighth inning, and how the Cardinals were able to come about that was Nolan Arenado starting to put things together a little bit more, a little bit more frequently. Another home run for Nolan, and he drove in two in the game. Tyler O'Neill, good to see him back in the starting lineup and contributing with a homer of his own. He and Nolan went back-to-back there in the fourth inning. Nolan driving in another one in the fifth. So Cardinals do what they need to do against Mike Miner, who had a pretty good outing going until in the middle innings the Cardinals were able to get to him. Seven Ks for Miner against Cardinals hitting, and it was good to see that fourth, fifth inning. They really started to attack a little bit, coming up with some big swings to eventually get Miner out of the game and dip into that Kansas City bullpen just a little bit. Wade Davis is not what he once was. ERA near six and a half after the Cardinals got to him a little bit in the eighth inning of this game. And then smell baseball, Irvin Santana coming out of the Kansas City bullpen as well. Lars Newtbar takes him for a ride. Newtbar's second home run in a row as he comes up with his first of his big league career on Thursday afternoon in Pittsburgh, then gets another opportunity late in the game on Friday after taking over for Jose Rondon in right field. A little bit of a different lineup today for the Cardinals. Because the DH was in play, they got Nolan off his feet defensively for a game. Sosa played third. They got Rondon a start in right field because of the lingering injury to Dylan Carlson. Wait and see what ends up happening with him. Cardinals did not put him on the injured list prior to Friday's game. That was Wade LeBlanc that was taken off of the active roster in favor of Jack Flaherty, who needed to be added on in order to return. 40-man roster move, I know we talked about that a little bit, wondering what that might end up being for Jay Flair to return. 
Johan Quezada was placed on the long-term IL, and so that moved open a 40-man spot. He's been with the Cardinals minor leaguers. Uh, He was that guy, if you remember him, talking about the big, big pitcher that we saw in spring training, big-bodied right-hander, Quezada, hard thrower, has had injuries throughout this season, and so now he's on the 60-day at the minor league level, I believe is the way the Cardinals facilitated that move for Flaherty to move back into the 40-man roster, back into the 26-man roster, and, of course, into the Cardinals' starting rotation. But it was Carlson taking the day off that allowed Rondon that start in right field, but I liked seeing Newtbar get an opportunity late in this game, and, yeah, he took advantage of it with another home run, definitely becoming something of a cult hero in St. Louis already. OPS for the season with St. Louis is 789 now, but that's in very limited sample size for Newt Bar, but I would give him a, I would give him another start in this Kansas or I should say a start in this Kansas City series either Saturday or Sunday because you do have the DH in play there's plenty of opportunity to kind of mix things up with the way Mike Schilt can construct that lineup a lot of other guys to try and get in there I understand but uh, I would love to see Newt Bar actually draw a start in this series because he's a guy we haven't seen a whole lot of and the Cardinals could use all the sparks that they could get in this lineup, and if Dylan Carlson is going to be out for any period of time, he's a guy that has definitely provided a spark to the lineup as of late, serving as the primary leadoff guy, has been an integral part of the club, and so perhaps Newt Barn might be able to fill in those shoes just a little bit, but you got to give him the chance to do so, and uh, he's trying to draw some attention to himself with home runs in the last couple of days, so good for him, definitely setting off a little bit of a social media tizzy by uh, his performance, and pretty cool to see. Cardinals have not had the uh, injection of youth, a guy that can just kind of come out of nowhere and do some things offensively. It's been a couple of years since we've seen kind of someone come out of out of the blue, if you will, to be able to fill a role like that. Uh, would be great to see Newt Bar be able to catch on and, and contribute offensively for the Cardinals. They uh, They certainly could use everybody, all hands on deck at this point in time. But across the lineup tonight, pretty good, pretty balanced effort. Ten hits, a couple of them for Goldschmidt, Edmund Arenado, O'Neal. We mentioned the two, Arenado O'Neal, in the middle with homers. Edmund, though, had a base hit and a run scored as well. Bader got a knock. Uh, none for DeYoung tonight, but he did have an RBI, as we mentioned a little bit earlier. And Sosa, though he did go over, I saw and noticed he played a pretty good defensive third base as well, flexing a little bit of the versatility that he brings to the table for the Cardinals. Uh, He could pretty much play any position on the infield. I don't think you'd ever need to see him at first base, but shortstop, second base, third, he'll have you covered, no question about it. But just a pretty complete effort overall to wrap up the discussion on Friday night's game as the Cardinals, they get it done in the bullpen. Obviously, the starting effort from Jack Flaherty. He lowers his ERA to 2.65 for the season, and uh, if he continues to be able to pump out zeros, be interesting to see where he ends up. And in the win column, it's like he hasn't missed much time at all. With the nine wins, and he picks up win number nine tonight on Friday, he actually has only about 19 pitchers in Major League Baseball ahead of him. Only 19 guys at least uh, at last check tonight. There might have been somebody who picked up that 10th win at some point since I last loaded the NLB Stats website. But only 19 pitchers as of the end of the Cardinals game with a higher win total than Flaherty this season to have reached that double-digit mark already. And in Flaherty's case, he missed two and a half months 
and is still right there among the leaders. And so I know a lot of people say, oh, pitcher win, it doesn't matter, not a stat that I care to hear about. But I do think it is reflective of the fact that when Jack Flaherty has been starting games this season for the Cardinals, they've won quite a few of them. And right now, team wins is what is going to matter for St. Louis down the stretch. And Jack Flaherty, I think, gives you a really good chance to come up with one of those every time he takes the ball. And you combine him with the way Adam Wainwright is performing right now. That is a legitimate one-two punch. That is a, a duo that I would feel pretty good about if I were a Cardinals fan heading into a postseason series. Uh, who the Cardinals number three might be in that series, maybe a little bit of a question mark at this point. Who am I kidding? It's a lot of bit of a question mark. Would have told you Kwon Young Kim, but he's not presently healthy. Might have even said Wade LeBlanc before his injury yesterday, just because at some point in time, uh, when you get into a playoff game anyway, you're going to have a short hook for your starter. And if if uh, Wade LeBlanc goes into a game and, and throws four innings and gives up a run, you would be pretty satisfied to say, okay, you kept us in it, and we're going to turn it over to the bullpen now because it's October and we need all hands on deck. So who their third starter might be, maybe not all that important, especially if you're coming off of a couple of seven-inning outings from Wainwright and Flaherty at the top of your rotation. Cardinals just got to find a way to get to a postseason series. And I know it all feels very premature. They're only three games above 500. The tone of the conversation surrounding this team has obviously shifted pretty considerably over the last week with the winning ways that they have undergone. But again, this is what we said needed to happen. When you look at that schedule and, and play some of the, the patsies that exist across Major League Baseball and the uh, the baseball gods decide to line all of them up for you over the course of the month of August while sprinkling in a little bit of uh, division rivalries against the Brewers and Cincinnati Reds, which is literally what comprises their whole schedule. It's the Brewers, it's a little bit of the Reds at the end, and it's losing teams. I guess you can count the Atlanta Braves now as a winning team because they are one after sweeping the Cardinals, but otherwise it's got it's teams with losing records. And if the Cardinals want to make their move, we said it has to be now. You're not going to have time to, to make up all this ground in September alone. You've got to start somewhere. And the Cardinals have begun building that foundation. I think they're starting to find a little bit more belief in themselves. Listen, it doesn't have to matter who it comes against. You play who you play. The schedule is what it is. And right now, the Cardinals are taking full advantage of that schedule. they got to continue to do it, though. They've got two more games against the Royals over the rest of this weekend. And you got to view every game against KC right now as a winnable game, as a game that you expect to come away with a victory after nine innings. And then you'll have a, a real challenge. But it's a challenge that the Cardinals should be willing to welcome when they return to Bush Stadium on Tuesday to take on Milwaukee in a three-game series. And after Milwaukee, it's more Pittsburgh, it's Detroit, it's Pittsburgh again. So you've got you've got it all laying out there before you over the over the course of the next couple of weeks as we still wind down the month of August. We're only just getting started here, mid-August approaching. Friday the 13th, like I said, might be a little bit of superstition going on there, but there's no reason to be afraid. No black cats, no ladders, no none of that. Broken mirrors, no concern for the Cardinals on Friday. They've just got to continue to harness the energy that they had in this game, finding it in all phases, and just see where it where it goes. Like I mentioned earlier, it's up to the fans and media to talk about the standings and where they are. It's not up to the Cardinals to worry about any of that right now. Win each game. When you turn the calendar to September, then you can say, all right, we're aware that we're four games back, or we're aware that we're six and a half back, or we're five back in the wild card and eight and a half back in the division. Whatever it is, there's going to be an awareness of that, but... It's too early to be counting games if you're the Cardinals on the field. Right now, 
count the score at the end of nine innings and hope you have more than the other guys. It sounds like such a boring approach. It sounds so tired and corny, but honest to goodness, it is a mentality that I think can work for this team. And I have no question in my mind that it's the one they're carrying with them day in and day out because they preach this stuff all the way back into spring training that every day is the same, every game is the same. They they all carry equal importance so that when you get into the situation where it's a must-win and the Cardinals, you could say, are going to have a lot of those kinds of must-win situations over the next six weeks, you can treat it the same. You don't have to feel any additional pressure. And while it sounds boring and it doesn't make for, for good talk radio, I do think it is the mentality that the Cardinals have right now. And they're not worried about who they're playing either. It just makes life a little bit easier when you're not playing the Dodgers and the Padres every other day. You're playing the Royals and you're playing the Pittsburgh Pirates. So they're going to try to stack wins, as many of them as they can, and then put their best foot forward when they get into an actual series against uh, a nemesis team next week at Bush Stadium. I'll be interested to see how the Brewers line up their pitching rotation for that series against the Cardinals. Definitely as uh, the weekend wraps up, we'll take a look a little bit more in-depth Ahead at that series coming up, that may be a Monday episode of B-Shape Daily since the Cardinals once again will have one more off day on a Monday in the month of August before returning to the field for a Monday for the first time, and it seems like about a month when they take on, I believe it'll be the Reds by the end of the August calendar. They'll get that on a Monday later in this month. So that's where the Cardinals stand right now. Three games above five hundred. I'm sure if you looked at the Fangraphs' playoffs odds, they would say something still pretty incredibly low because you have to consider all the teams that they still have to pass over. I don't look at those odds because I don't think they matter. It's just a matter of, did you win your game today? Did the other team that you're, you're chasing lose? Okay, you can totally figure things out from there, and there's still plenty of time for the, the standings to shift and things to change. That's all, That all you really do have to worry about is whether you win your game. Over the last week, the Cardinals have done that enough to where, that's why I say, you know, you, you could have probably projected the Cardinals to have a good week right now. Was it a guarantee? No. But it, you, you looked at the standings, you looked at the fact that you were getting Flaherty back, things are starting to break a little bit in the right direction. That's why I don't look at those playoff odds where people say, oh my goodness, it's 2.5% that the Cardinals are going to make. Who cares? It's the beginning of August. I Like, I, I love all the statistics that go into baseball, and I love all the, the deeper thought and the analytics people. I... I'm not anti any of that, but when you start talking about playoff percentages, be like, well, I guess it is what it is. That's stupid. How many times have we seen the team make a comeback? And let's just talk about the team for what it is on that day, in that week, how they're performing, how they're trending, and worry about the standings when you get to the end of September. It sounds stupid, but it, I, I really do think that's the way that this needs to go down. And for the Cardinals right now, it's it's the approach that's been used for the last week or so. And suddenly, I think people that a week ago were not talking about the Cardinals having any hope for the postseason are probably maybe changing their tune just a little bit right now. They're at least looking at the standings and noticing what's going on with the Padres and saying, oh, I might check in on that D-back score. They're, they're playing San Diego tonight. Oh, Arizona ended up winning that game? Interesting. And like on B-Shape Daily, you could probably go back a week in, in time and listen to some of those shows and be like, yeah, well, Brendan, you were pretty low on their chances as well. Well, sure, you got to evaluate them for what they are on that given day. But I don't think there was ever a point in time where I said, oh, yeah, these, these guys are cooked. I said, no, they got to get their, you know what, in gear or it's not going to work out because they are going to be running out of time very soon. And coming up, these are the teams where they can bank wins and be able to to right the ship in the standings and stop worrying about whether they're at 500 and to start worrying a little bit more about where they're where they're heading. 
which ideally would be toward a win total that can get them into at least a wild card game. So while I'm not, I, I really don't consider myself, you know, optimistic, pessimistic. I, it's neither. I'm just going to try to evaluate what's actually happening. And right now you can evaluate a Cardinals team that's coming together with their starting pitching, dealing with injuries to their rotation, but still finding a way around those. I mean, they won that game on Thursday after getting two innings out of their start. I mean, that they're facing some adversity right now and finding some ways to pull through it. Granted, it's... You know, it's like playing the game on easy mode because you're you're playing some teams that you're not going to see in October if you get there. I mean, you're but the schedule is what it is. Like I said, it's not the Cardinals' fault that there's six teams in the National League this season by mid-August that have given up. It's not the Cardinals' fault that the Royals not having a great season and you know project to be a team you can be able to bank some wins against. So. They're just taking advantage of their schedule. They're doing exactly what they need to do. Plenty of other teams will have plenty of other chances to play some of these patsies as well. It just so happens that the Cardinals get the bulk of their games against them in the month of August. But, hey, I mean, they've also got seven games remaining against the Cubs. And I know those are going to be rivalry games. But at some point, you have to kind of thank your lucky stars that those games are coming at the end of the season rather than, you know, earlier on when the Cubs had a much different lineup that they'd been able to throw at you. We talked about that game on the, the Sunday before the All-Star break that was postponed. Cubs would have had some different players in that lineup that day that they're not going to be able to enjoy when they make up that game in late September. So there's plenty of scheduled maneuvering to configure a, a way for the Cardinals to make a run here. At the end of the day, though, it's just about winning the game that you have the next day. And it's what the Cardinals are going to look to do on Saturday. They're going to be back at it at Kauffman Stadium. I believe it's still called Kauffman Stadium. If not... Uh, that would be disappointing to learn. It's just, like I said, with stadium names, I've talked about this before, I'm going to end up calling it what I call it, and I'll just be wrong if I'm wrong. But it does appear Kauffman Stadium, at least some things haven't changed. I don't know, whatever they're, whatever they're calling Miller Park nowadays, American Family or something in Milwaukee, I'm not down with that. But back at the K tomorrow night, John Lester will get another chance, this time on the road against Kansas City. Uh, Cardinals are going to need something good out of him because it looks like he'll be in the rotation for a little bit longer than I think we may have anticipated based on the fact that uh, you've got two injuries in the last week to your starters. So Lester's given up five earned runs in both of his Cardinals starts so far. If he would like to come up with a quality start on Saturday, I don't think the Cardinals would mind. But later in the weekend, probably Sunday night, will be the next time you hear from me. It'll be a farm day for me tomorrow out on the lake. So, hey, pray for some good weather for me. would love to be able to enjoy that. But we'll be right back after the weekend for some more B-Shape Daily. And, of course, on Monday we'll be recapping some things and looking ahead to a critical midweek series between the Cardinals and Brewers at Bush Stadium. I'll definitely be all over that one in downtown St. Louis coming up next week. We'll be breaking things down throughout the remainder of the season in postseason and beyond on B-Shafe Daily, so now is your chance. There's no time like the present. Go ahead and head to your favorite app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Click the follow button, the subscribe button, the I love the show button, rate and review, all that good stuff so you can be sure that when B-Shafe Daily has another episode drop, you'll have the chance to listen to it. Or the the pleasure of listening to it, the displeasure. I'm not sure. That's for you to decide during the reviews. But I do appreciate each and every one of you who listen and uh, hang out with us every day on B-Shape Daily. Thank you for riding with us this season. And, hey, the ride could be getting a little bit more interesting 
I saw somebody post it five and a half games back, and I retweeted and said, don't look now, and said, no, seriously, don't look now. You're going to ruin it. But for right now, the Cardinals are making things interesting. Can they continue to find some distance between themselves and the 500 mark? They're going to look to do that on Saturday behind. Yep, it's 2021, and John Lester is in the Cardinals' starting rotation. He's going to try for number three. It'll be his third chance in the rotation for St. Louis on Saturday. Maybe it'll be the first time he comes up with a W. We'll be here to recap it all on Be Safe Daily. Peace.